With the many unprecedented events of the past 10 months, many of us are feeling all shook up. Sometimes, scriptural characters are also portrayed as experiencing times when they, too, were disillusioned or discouraged. One such person is the towering New Testament figure of John the Baptist. Due to John's prominence in the New Testament as the Elijah figure, the forerunner of the Messiah, and because of his endorsement of Jesus as Messiah, many are shocked and disheartened by the idea that John struggled at all to accept that Jesus was truly the Messiah. In fact, a number of scholars and church leaders from early church history till the present day have rejected that notion. They deny John had any doubts about Jesus' identity as Messiah. They suggest instead that the imprisoned John sent disciples, his own disciples, to ask Jesus a question about his identity, to confirm his identity, to strengthen and improve the understanding of his own disciples about Jesus, not his own questions. The problem with that view is that Luke tells us that John himself sent emissaries to Jesus from his prison cell after hearing a summary of Jesus' ministry. It was his question, not theirs. So like John the Baptist, after initially coming to faith in Jesus as Messiah, have you ever harbored similar thoughts, similar doubts, similar questions? Our texts today come from Luke's Gospel, both of them. The first is Luke's report in chapter 3 of John the Baptist's teaching about the coming Messiah, shortly before Luke describes Jesus' own baptism at the hands of John. And the second is in chapter 7, after John has been imprisoned by Herod Antipas. So John sends some of his disciples to ask Jesus whether he is actually the Messiah. Let's hear both texts from Luke's Gospel. I will be reading from Luke 3, 15 through 17, and Luke 7, 18 through 23 from the New Revised Standard Version. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Continuing with Luke 7, the disciples of John reported all these things to him. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus had just cured many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and had given sight to many who were blind. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, 
the dead are raised, the poor have good news brought to them, and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with these words from Holy Scripture. Amen. John preached a message of judgment and called the Jewish people to repentance. He warned in chapter 3, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. John's powerful preaching and baptismal ministry attracted huge crowds and led them to wonder whether John might be the promised Messiah, the anointed of God. He replied, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This passage leads us to think that John the Baptist expected the Messiah to be indwelt by the Spirit of God and to baptize others with it, but also and mainly to have a ministry of judgment. He is to separate the righteous from the unrighteous and destroy unrepentant sinners with fire from heaven, unquenchable fire, as John calls it. Perhaps some of John the Baptist's messianic expectations were influenced by those of his father, Zechariah. In his song of praise, recorded by Luke in chapter 1, Zechariah said he expected God to send a mighty Savior, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Put in context, twice in his short hymn of praise, Zechariah expresses this common first-century Hebrew hope that the coming Messianic king would lead a Jewish army to evict and crush the occupying Romans. Whether that is part of John's expectation when he speaks about the Messiah's ministry of judgment, we can't be certain. What we do know is that the expectations of both Zechariah and his son, John the Baptist, were not fulfilled, at least that ingredient in them. Well, let's go deeper into John the Baptist's thinking. In prison, he has heard reports about Jesus' ministry, and while impressive, they do not correspond to his proclaimed expectations of the Messiah as an agent of God's judgment. In fact, Jesus does not engage in judgment. He does not separate the wheat from the chaff, the righteous from the unrighteous, and annihilate the unrepentant with unquenchable fire. The only separation Jesus causes is asking people to decide for or against him, a decision which sadly in some cases led to divisions in households and in villages. Instead of judging, Jesus removes sickness, brokenness, blindness, and rejects the Jewish purity code which promotes an attitude of us versus them. Jesus performed the works of God's kingly reign, embodying that reign in his own person by accepting outcasts and notorious sinners and calling them to repentance, healing the sick, exercising demons, and giving sight to the blind.
How does Jesus answer John's important question? He does not scold John or upbraid him or criticize him. He replies simply and clearly, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. German New Testament scholar Joachim Jeremias comments that Jesus' answer refers to three prophetic promises in Isaiah the prophet. And he writes in all three passages from Isaiah, references made to the eschatological, that means the end times day of judgment, or day of vengeance, which is final judgment. It is surely not accidental that the note of vengeance is absent from Jesus' saying. Happy is the person who is not offended because the messianic age wears a different aspect from that which he had expected, and that instead of God's vengeance, it promises God's tender mercy. While Jesus occasionally warned of God's final judgment, it was not the central theme of his ministry. Instead, he focused on God's grace, God's undeserved love and mercy. John expects Jesus to actively wield his power to punish the wicked. Instead of preaching judgment against sinners and acting as judge, Jesus often welcomes sinners and outcasts with this gospel of grace. Instead of destroying sinners and taking human life, Jesus restored human life by healing the blind and lame, cleansing lepers, raising the dead, preaching good news to the poor. Only if a person rejected his offer of grace did Jesus warn of future judgment. It sounds as if hearing after hearing about Jesus' ministry from his prison cell initially, John felt disillusioned, disoriented, his expectations unfulfilled. Well, as the one-year anniversary of the onset of the pandemic nears, you may be able to identify with John's feelings of disorientation and disillusionment and perhaps discouragement. Why are there more pandemic deaths in the U.S. per capita than almost anywhere else on the globe? Why have so many in our nation and world suffered unemployment and fiscal disaster as a result of the pandemic? After the self-quarantining, the social isolation, the mask wearing, why have some of us also lost friends and family members to the virus, many of whom died completely alone in the hospital without loving family and friends to comfort and care for them. And finally, what sense do we make of the mob violence which reigned for a few hours in the U.S. Capitol a week ago Wednesday as that mob tried to prevent Congress from certifying the Electoral College vote in the recent presidential election and the peaceful transfer of power from one president to another? We wonder what God's message is to us at present. What is it we are supposed to be learning? I'm not sure. Except that God is teaching us that in times of struggle to draw even closer to Christ than normal. As we learn in Scripture, being a person of faith 
doesn't always mean that our expectations of God will be fulfilled. I'm reminded of the story of Job. While Job desperately desired an answer about why he suffered, what God offered instead was simply the assurance of the presence of an answerer. We don't fully understand Paul's statement we heard earlier in the service. God works all things for good in the lives of those who love God, who are called according to God's purpose. Maybe we're not supposed to understand. Maybe we're just supposed to trust the goodness of the one who sent Jesus Christ to redeem us. Friends, while John expected Jesus to judge and destroy sinners with fire from heaven, God had something else completely different in mind. How could John have known that the way the fire would fall from heaven, the way the chaff would be burned, and the way that our sin would be grappled with would be that Jesus Christ himself would take that fire, would become that chaff, and would disarm that sin in his own body on the cross. John the Baptist never fully understood that or expected that. He expected Jesus to throw the chaff into the fire, but little did he expect that Jesus Christ himself would go into that fire on behalf of every person who ever lived, including each of us. That was God's plan not the judgment John expected, but instead the undeserved gifts of God's grace, mercy, and love through the incarnation, life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the one who is indeed the Messiah. Amen.